Content Advisory. This talk discusses sexual content, abortion, and suicide. Cradian. We Need God. A talk by Mark Nemo at the Immaculata Mission School 2017, held at the Launceston Church Grammar School in Tasmania. Just about two weeks or three weeks ago, I, I, I bought a, a Toyota Camry. It's not new. It's 2012. Because I've been using a Honda Accord uh, 2001. It had made about 267,000 miles. Oh, you say, wow. <laughs> but it's still on the road. <laughs> so I said, I think I need to, because it was giving me a few problems. No, it's a Toyota. If I'm having problems with Toyota, where do I go to? Toyota, thank you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If we're having problems with life, who do we go to? Who do we go to? God. Who is the manufacturer of life? So you go to the altar of life if you're having problems with what? Thank you. My theology is simple. I call it bush theology. <laughs> one plus one. Two plus two. Four. Simple, isn't it? Okay. Hmm? You want the meaning to life. Who do you go to? The author of life. The manufacturer. The one who gave life to you and I. He's the one we go to. Just like the Toyota. The Toyota I've bought. If I'm having problems with Toyota, I won't go to Honda. I won't go to Suzuki. I won't go to Chrysler. I will go to what? Toyota. Because they got the parts to fix it. I was just listening to Christian radio just two days ago or something. And he gave a very simple theology for children. He says, God made it. We broke it. Jesus came to fix it. Sometimes we complicate theology and the faith. God made it. We broke it. Jesus came to fix it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. This is good news. This is good news. So, you know what? Hey, if, if our life doesn't have meaning, it's because, what? We are not going back to the altar of life. We are trying to fix it our own way. And Genesis 1, 26 to 27 tells us the story. Don't you remember that? Don't you remember the story of creation? Do you know, how many of you know there are two stories of creation? Oh, we have some good theologians here. Very good. Okay. So check it out. The first story of creation. God said. God said, let us make man in our own image and what? Likeness. In his own image and likeness, he created the male and female. Okay. That's Genesis 1, 26 to 27. So in that first story, he creates man and woman. Right. But in the second story, which you find in Genesis chapter 2, he said, God created man from the dust of the earth. Do you remember that? And man was lifeless. And then God breathed the breath of life through his nostrils. And man became a living what? Being. That's the second story. It's that story that he says, he never found a suitable partner for man. So he made the man fall asleep and he took what? 
a rib and out of that he formed who? Woman. And when the man woke up, he said, this indeed is what? Bone of my and flesh of my. Okay. So it gives us these stories of creation. You know, it's not so much that they contradict each other, but basically what it's saying is it's helping us to discover the meaning of life. That we came from God. God created us out of love. Can you imagine the intimacy? Hmm? Can you imagine? It was like God was performing CPR. Do you remember the second story? It's like he put... Are you alright? Alright? Don't be scared. But, but can you imagine this? That's, that's, that's like called mouth to mouth. Do you understand what I mean by that? Do you know CPR? When somebody's like drowning and you pick mouth to mouth. Intimacy. You get intimate with somebody when you're mouth to mouth. Isn't that what it is? Come on, answer me, baby. Yeah. But many of you don't know that. But that's the root, that's the root of the word adoration. Pope Benedict XVI gave us ad oratio, ad oratio, mouth to mouth. So when you are adoring the Lord, you are mouth to mouth with the Lord. That's worship. The Greek word for worship is proskuneo, which means to kiss toward, to kiss toward, mouth to mouth. God created us for intimacy, intimacy with him. For adoration. For worship. So he calls us back to this vocation of union with him. Are you understanding the meaning of life? Are you understanding me? You are like the British folk. When you are pretty, preaching in England, they go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> If you agree, say amen. amen. This is the truth. So we are created for union with God. He created us out of love for love. Just out of pure love. And what's love? To will the good of the other just for the sake of the other. God doesn't need us. Am I preaching to somebody? We need that good news. God doesn't need us. We need God. And you folks in the western world need to hear this. Because sometimes you think you're doing God a favor by showing up in church on a Sunday for one hour, for 45 minutes. And you look at your watch when the preacher is preaching like you're doing right now. It's like, get on with it. We want to go to bed. Am I preaching to somebody? God has created us out of love for love. For love's sake. He wills the good of the other just for the sake of the other. He created us for union, mouth to mouth. You remember that? Yeah, adoration, mouth to mouth. That he might breathe in us and we might receive the breath of life. Breathe in us and we might receive the breath of life. That's the purpose and the meaning for life. Adoration, union with God. Union with God. Say this, I need God. I need God. I'm desperate for God. That's why I was asking the question. I don't know how people make it without the Lord. 
Because when you recognize your need for God, it changes your whole perspective. That's what all these saints did. Pope John Paul II, do you know his story? Do you know his story? You know he had only a sibling, an older brother? Do you, are you aware of that? Do you know what age he was when he lost his mother? I think he was about six years old when his mother died. So he was left with only his daddy. And what happened? His older brother, who became a doctor, caught a disease of some virus, and he died. So he was left with him and his daddy, and his daddy died. Before the age of 20, everybody he loved was gone. That's John Paul II. He was crying for a mother, and Mary, he felt like Mary was saying, I'm your mother. That's why his motto was totus tuos. Totally yours. Are, are you with me? He understood what it meant to go back to God. Worship. Proscune. So, it's very, very important. St. Ignatius Loyola. Have you heard about Ignatius Loyola? So, Ignatius says, you know, he says, we are created to praise, reverence, and serve God. For him, that's it. To praise, reverence, and what? Serve God. That's why the Jesuits have a motto. Ad majorem dei gloriam. You heard that before? For the greater glory of who? So we live for God's glory. St. Irenaeus, right? He said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Man and woman. So, do I look like I'm alive? Yes. I think I'm alive. Yes. When we are alive, what? God's glory shines forth. Many of us, we think, oh, God wants to take our joy. God wants to take our happiness. God doesn't want us to be happy. And you see it on our faces after mass on Sunday. When we are coming out of church, it's like we've been to a funeral. Pope Francis says. Like we serve a frowning God. No joy. Why? Because we are not alive. When you are alive, there's joy. You should see my daughters when they see daddy coming. Daddy! 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 Often when I'm picking them up from school, I'm tired. And my, my seven-year-old, Noel. She runs as soon as because her class stands there with their teacher. And when they see their parents, she runs. You know what she does? She jumps, leaps. Hmm? If I don't catch her, she's going to the ground straight. <laughs> That's joy. That's being alive. Knowing that when she jumps, Papa will catch her. And St. Irenaeus says the glory of God is the human being fully what? Alive. After these 10 days, I hope you will become fully, come on, say it, alive. I've preached enough, haven't I? Oh, come on. I'll be ending very soon. <laughs> because it's good news. John chapter 10 verse 10. It says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have what? Life and have it to the full. Many of us, we've been robbed. 
we've been robbed, robbed of life. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have it to the full. That's why I like the old catechism. Do you know the old catechism? We used to call it the Baltimore Catechism. You know what it says? They, they would teach you, they would teach you why did God create us? Do you, do you, that's, that's the idea of catechism. How many of you know the word catechism? Catechism. Do you know what catechism means? The root word means to echo the faith. To echo the faith. So you were told hmm, and you would echo back. <laughs> okay? So why did God create us? He created us so we might know him, say it, know him, love him, and serve him. Say it again, know him, love him, and serve him. Now, it doesn't end there. So that we will be happy. I like that. So that we will be happy here on earth and with him in eternity. Isn't that beautiful? So you have to learn this in your, you modern day Catholics, you don't know this catechism. Uh, do you know this? Why did God create it? The purpose for our existence is to what? What is it? First one, to know him. You got to know him first. Okay, to know him, to love him. How can you, how can you love somebody you don't know? And these days, people can love somebody they don't know because they met on the internet. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, to love somebody, you need to know him. That's God. To love him, uh, to know him, to love him, and to serve him. So that you will be what? Happy. happy. How many of you want to be happy? Raise your hand. Oh, some of you don't want to be happy. I'm sorry. Yeah. All of us want to be happy. And God wants us to be happy. Many of us, we think, you know, we serve a God who wants to take our joy away. No, 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 no. God wants us to be what? Happy. Because we came from him and we'll go back to him. Are you really happy? This is the root of the Beatitudes. You've heard of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. That word blessed translated means happy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. You want to be happy? Be pure of heart, you will see God. Amen. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Very, very important. Otherwise, many people live like Henry David Thoreau describes. Most people live lives of quiet desperation. Do you understand what I'm saying? They live lives of quiet what? Maybe you are desperate. You hate your job. There's a bank teller, right, where I save. One day, I just walked into the bank. I walked to her. She was taking my money, okay, to save. I'm looking at her. I said, something is going on in your life. This is in the bank. I look like a bank robber. <laughs> yeah. I said, something is going on in your life. Uh, I'm praying that the Lord will touch that situation. 
she broke down crying. She broke down crying. <laughs> right there. Then I started to pray for her. Oh, Father, I pray that you will meet in her need, whatever. It, I'm sure the cameras, they were all checking this out. Yeah. Just before Christmas, I went to the bank, stood in front of her. I smiled. I said, how is it? <laughs> she cried. She said, I my job. You got a job? There are people who don't have a job. She hates her job. She hates her body. She hates this. She, are you desperate? There are people like that. And maybe you are one of them. What's, what's causing your desperation? It's a quiet desperation. Because maybe you've lost the meaning to life. And I want to end here simply because I don't want to keep you here for a long time. This is only the foretaste. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, can you give me a chair, my brother? Can you give me a chair? Because I, I simply want to witness to you, okay? I can speak about all these things and I'm sure you're going, oh, brother Mark, brother Mark, how did you find the meaning to life yourself, okay? And that's why I basically want to witness to you, want to witness you. Can you give me my bag, please? Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't start preaching uh, <laughs> when I was born, <laughs> okay? Okay. Uh, like I told you, I'm 52 years old. Uh, I was born on the 8th of April, 1964. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> when I was two weeks old, I was baptized on the feast of St. Mark the Evangelist. Hello. Hello. You see how powerful the sacraments are? I was baptized two weeks with the name Mark. On the feast of St. Mark the Evangelist. So I was created. I was baptized and anointed for this. Are you understanding me? To go announcing the good news. Like St. Mark. And when I was about 8 years old. I received first Holy Communion. Okay. Normal Catholic. I'm the fifth child of seven children. Okay. And then uh, at 13 I was confirmed. Okay, so I went through the sacraments. You understand what I'm saying? Went through Catholic uh, formation. But did I really know Jesus? Mm, I knew God existed. I wasn't an atheist. I wouldn't say I didn't, I didn't believe in God. But I was going through the motions. Because I lived in a Catholic home. You had to go to Mass. right? Uh, my brother, can you come? Please come. So my brother is going to represent me. Okay, what's your name? Huh? Daryl. Take a seat, Daryl. Everybody say hi, Daryl. <coughs> okay, so this is Mark, right? Daryl is now Mark. So at the age of 13, I was taken to a Catholic boys boarding school. That was my father's high school, right? St. Augustine's. Okay, he wanted me to have a good Catholic education. So I went to this high school and my first thing was, man, I wanted to be like the older boys. It was a school of about 1,500 boys. And so I developed a passion for karate. Are you with me? Karate, right? Is karate bad? 
No, karate is not bad. No, leave, leave me alone. So, I'll tie you up. So, <laughs> see, whatever, whatever you become passionate with, right? You develop an attachment. You keep the hand down, okay? Yeah. Come, my brother. Come. You, you. Come here. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so, this is Mark at 13. And I fall in love with what? Say it, say it, teach. Okay, good. With karate. So I get attached to karate. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> let me tie you up. There you go. Here. So this is at the age of 13, right? And then at the age of about 15, man, I had a passion for music. Okay? Now, not, not Mozart or classical music. No, 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 no. It was rock music. Okay? And funk and reggae. So was the Bob Marley's, you know. My brother, you want to come? You're standing, so come, yeah. <laughs> so so at 15, at 15, I'm attached big time to what? Music. Music. And you see, whatever you fall in love with, you want more. So I, I couldn't just have enough of just listening. Right? Big thing was, I joined the school rock band. Yeah? At 15. And we were like 14-year-olds, 15, 16-year-olds. Man, and those were the days where, you know, that English rock band I was speaking of, past the Dochi, you know? Yeah, past the Dochi. And, you know, we were listening to Marvin Gaye's sexual healing. Man, it's not, it's not the good stuff. You know Marvin Gaye? Yeah. So this is 13, 15. At 17, I said, man, we were all over. We were on national TV. My parents were watching TV on a Saturday. My siblings said, Daddy, that's Mark. I was on TV. My parents even didn't know I had left the school and gone to the capital. This was how wild I was becoming. So we started performing like in the girls' schools. They wanted my autograph. That time I had hair. <laughs> All right? So, yeah. So, what happened? I, I, I said, man, it's time. It's 17, man. I got to get me a girlfriend, you know? <laughs> you want to come? <laughs> yeah. So, so, what did I do? Yeah. So I get attached to this girl here, and I tell her I love you, right? Then we have another gig in another city. Uh, I meet another girl. I tell her I really love you. Then another gig. Then I, meet, I say I really, really love you. And I really, really, really love you. Who did I really love? Thank you very much. How do you call guys like this? Players. Players. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, are, are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? Now, this is a guy who was baptized with the name Mark. And I'll tell everybody, I'm Catholic. I'm Catholic. Really? Really? But I was on the broad way and the wide way, you see? Yeah, thank you. And then, I started driving. Ooh. So I started to pick up my guys. Nightclubs, 
Man, talk about the night. One night we would visit like three, three nightclubs in the city. We called it fun. We're having fun. Really? Fun? So I started drinking the things I would drink, smoking the stuff I would smoke, right? And then the nightlife. So this represents the nightlife. With all the stuff that go with it. Pornography, my friend, come. No, he represents nightlife, okay? Okay. Oh, other side. Oh, I got, I'm getting it wrong, man. What's wrong? Thank you, thank you. So this is the nightlife, okay? And I'm all around the place. <laughs> yeah, he's getting it right. So all this is going on, and I still go to church. And I'm at mass. And I was living in sin. You know, all the stuff. This is, this is, you don't need bad news, okay? This is the first of January. You came for good news. So, I won't go into all the trouble I got with the police, the popo. That's what we call them in Chicago. You call them the popo here too? Yes. All along, my mother's name is Mary, by the way. She was praying. Sometimes I come from the nightclub like 4 a.m. Man, I open the door and she's sitting praying her rosary. I'm just saying, I'm t- I'm t- I'm t- she was just saying, Jesus, get him. Jesus, just get this guy. Alright? But I used to compare myself with my other folks who did not only have like four girlfriends, but more than that. And they did harder drugs. So I would compare myself with them and say, well, I'm a bit holier. That's called living in a fool's paradise. Are you kidding me? And nobody had challenged me with the gospel. Until this happened. So at the age of 20, if this part of my life, you are what? Karate. If it starts to pull me, stretch that hand out. Yeah. If my rock music lifestyle starts to pull me, yeah. If the girls started to pull me up, lift that leg up. Uh-huh. <laughs> if my nightlife's, uh-huh. Are you understanding me? This is, this is restlessness. This is what St. Augustine was describing. Lord, you made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. This is a restless 20-year-old Catholic boy. Now, if God told me to go to Tasmania and preach, you think I could get up and go? Can he get up? He can't because he's bound. 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 Bound by stuff. Some of it good, yes, but not good enough. Karate. Yeah, that's okay. An art for self-defense. Who was I going to fight? But I wanted to be ready. (laughs) Music. What do you call him? Marvin Gaye. Sexual healing. What? what? (laughs) And the girls. I would always regret. It was like I would say, oh my goodness, I did it again. I don't want to go back. The following week, I'm back in the same. It was like. The book of Peter describes, 
Second Peter, he says it's like a dog that goes back to its vomit. Or a pig that goes back to wallow in, in the mud again. Maybe you see yourself here like this. You're going round and round and round and round and you are restless until this happened. Why did I tie up his neck? Because one of the girls I was going up out with came to me one day and said, I'm pregnant. You could hear a pin drop like this. Here was I, the guy who thought I was on top of the world. I started to shake. Like, what? You're pregnant? She said, yeah. You know what? Because I had believed the lie. You know the lie? That says use protection. Are you with me? This is not to make you feel guilty or ashamed. No, no. I came to preach good news. To set you free. What? You're pregnant? She says, yes. But my mother will kill me if she gets to know this. So we got to get an abortion. What? I said, I didn't want my other girlfriends to know. So I took her to a clinic. To quietly get the baby aborted. To cover my sin. Do you think I could sleep at night? I took her to the clinic. They checked her out. All we had to do was to go back. Pay the money and the procedure will be done. I couldn't sleep at night. I was disturbed. Did you hear the disturbance? Disturbed. I lost appetite. I felt ashamed. I felt guilty. I wanted to commit suicide. Life. What is it all about? Did life have meaning? I wanted to commit suicide. I didn't want to live again. So I started to plan how I was going to die. Do you think it was was easy for me planning my death? I was even afraid to die. But thank God. I told you, there are three kinds of people. Those who are in a crisis. Right? Was I in a crisis? Yes. Those who are about to go in a crisis. And those who are what? Just living a crisis. I was in a crisis. But God who loves me. Still had his eyes on me. You see, that's why I'm telling you. It doesn't matter where you are. He loves you. Turn to your neighbor say, God loves you. He loves you so much. And not only loves you, he has a plan for your life. So whilst I'm going through this, a woman in my parish who was on fire, listen to me very carefully. She was on fire. She loved Jesus. The way she prayed, everybody knew there was something different with this woman. Because she had gotten involved in charismatic renewal. She saw me on a Sunday after mass and she smiled. (laughs) See, because she had joy. And she said, how are you doing, Mark? I said, fine. Liar. (laughs) And I know if, if I come to you right now and ask you, how are you doing? You're going to go, oh, I'm fine. We are good at putting on a mask. Makeup. You know makeup? 
What are you making up for? What are you making up for? For something you think you're lacking? I'm fine. I'm fine. You're not fine. I said, I'm fine. She said, would you like to come for a prayer meeting? She just invited me. So I went to this prayer meeting. They were Catholics who were happy. You see, for the first time, I saw Catholics who were happy. Praising the Lord. Had their hands lifted up. And they started what they call life in the spirit seminars. And I joined. By the time I listened to the second talk, which was on salvation, I knew I had to go to confession. I hadn't been to confession for eight years. So I went before the priest and told him, this is what I had done. It was like chains were breaking. You don't go to a Catholic priest and tell him, my girlfriend is pregnant and we want to get the baby aborted. Wrong place. And I want to commit suicide. Wrong place. He looked at me with a smile on his face. He says, God forgives you. And God has a great plan for your life. What? I'm in a mess. And you're telling me God has a great plan? He says, yes. God has a great plan. This will all pass away. For your penance, you have to go and tell your parents. What you, oh, ouch. <laughs> For my penance, I have to go to my parents. That's the last place I want to go. But it felt like the prodigal son. You know that story? Yeah. What are these guys still standing there for? Come on, go away, go away. (laughs) So the chains were broken. Did you see that? Chains were broken. Broken. Are you wondering why that's still stuck? (laughs) Yeah. So I went and told my parents. Did they throw me out of the house? No. They showed me love. They said, we're not happy this has happened to you, but you're going to college. If we should even take the baby in, we will, so that you can study. Oh, that even led to my conversion. So I thank God for my father and for my mother. Because they stood behind me. At a point when I was desperate, when I didn't know what to do. So my baby was born. She's 31 years old now. And the chains were broken. I had to gradually break off all the wrong relationships. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It was a process. But I had to do it. For the salvation of my soul. I had to choose to take the narrow road. And I'm glad I took that narrow road. Because my daughter will be getting married actually this year. Yes. When she was six months old, she was brought to our home. So my parents helped raise Elizabeth up. See, that explains why my oldest is 31. My second is 11. And my last baby is seven. So people ask me, what were you doing all those 20 years? Huh? I was preaching. (laughs) I was waiting. I actually made a commitment to chastity. That's my chastity ring here. 
when that happened, I said, I kiss dating goodbye. So college, people were asking, don't you have a girlfriend? I said, no. Are you gay? Are you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a girlfriend, so I'm gay. Where are you going? No, no, no. No, it's okay. It's okay. You see, you see, he could get up now and go. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So now I could get up and go wherever the Lord was sending me. Go. Thank you very much. Clap for him. Okay. So, so that, be, that began a journey. And I'm going to share a bit with you like in the next couple of days. It was a journey of discipleship. So I could go through college. My daughter was raised up in our home. Her mother then left the country. Her mother lives in Dallas, Texas. She got married. She had her own children and everything. So I raised Elizabeth up with my, with my parents. And she saw her mother, I think, when she was 13 years old. Okay. And the rest of the story continues. But I'm excited. And then I got married at 40. You see? So that's like 12 years ago. Now I, I discovered that this was the reason why I made that commitment to chastity. Because even in marriage, you need chastity. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So God prepared me all those 20 years. Was it easy? No. But I took the... Aha! So as I bring tonight's part one to a close, meaning of life, okay? I hope you've been challenged. I hope you've been disturbed. Because that's why I came all the way from Chicago. Are you happy? Are you really, really happy? Have you discovered the meaning to life? Or you're just existing? If somebody should ask you, why are you here? What, what, what are you here on earth for? You go, I don't know. I don't even want to live. Yeah, probably there are some of you here who are planning your suicide. I won't be surprised. You hate your life. You hate your parents. You hate your friends. You hate your job. You hate the world. It's like the world stinks. And you don't know what to do. Probably this is your last ditch. Like kind of like I'm going to that 10 day thing. And when I come back, it's over. Hey, can I, I have good news for you? It's not over yet until it's all over. Because God's got a great plan for you. 31 years ago, I didn't know this was part of God's plan. That I would be in Tasmania. And for some of you, you want God to show you the plan. Before you say yes to, no, no, it doesn't happen that way. He won't show you all the plan. He says, will you say yes? And I'll take you step by step by step by step. So I want to give you an opportunity. Uh, Sister Emanuela, can you just get on the keyboard and just do a little bit of background music? Is it okay, sister? Sister and mother, is it okay if we just say a little prayer? This is the first night. I know you're tired. You've traveled. I had to do 20 hours of traveling all the way from Chicago to this place. 
But I told you my story because 31 years ago I fell in love. Fell in love with Jesus. I said yes to him. He didn't show me the whole plan. Remember I was in a mess. You heard my story? I didn't have it all together. But gradually he took my broken pieces and he put it back together. You remember the story? God made it. We broke it and Jesus fixed it through the power of his Holy Spirit. So I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I started a new journey. And that's what's brought me here. God's calling you. Maybe nobody has ever asked you to make Jesus number one in your life. Okay? You've been baptized. How many are baptized here? Praise God. How many have received First Holy Communion? How many are confirmed here? Yes. Okay. I know you have God in your life. Don't get me wrong. You have God in your life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. But the question is, where is God? If you draw a scale of preference from 1 to 10, is God number one? Is Jesus number one? Or he's probably number six, number seven, number eight. Maybe you've settled for less. Mediocrity. That's all right. It's all right. Is that what you say in Australia? It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay. You got to become the best version of yourself. Like, like uh, Matthew Kelly, who is from Sydney. He lives in America right now. He says, God has created you to become the best version of yourself. He's created you to become a saint. I want to be a saint. I want to be called Saint Mark. Saint Mark someday. And you're made for that. But it starts when you take that step. And you say, God, I want to walk with you. I remove everything that stands in the way. Whether it's karate, whether it's pornography, whether it's the girls. You've put created things in place of the creator. So do not be afraid to step out. Maybe today you want to choose and say, Jesus, I want to walk with you in a radical way. We want to give you that opportunity. If you've heard the message, it says choose today, life or death. Narrow gate or the broad way. You may not understand everything, but you want to, what, take the step. So can I invite you, any of you who seriously want to make Jesus number one, to just stand to your feet. If you really want to make Jesus number one, don't be afraid. It's always an opportunity to recommit yourself. Love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And close your eyes and just open your hands, please. It's an act of surrender. In Chicago, when the cops stop you and they say, hands up, you don't ask questions. You raise your hands. 
you're just telling them I have no weapons on me. All I have is you, Lord. So pray this prayer after me, please, for a moment. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross to take away my sin. Thank you for rising again to give me new life. I surrender my past, my sins, my pain, my hurts, my confusion, my restlessness, my dreams, my joys, my sorrows, my family, my life. I turn to you now. I fall in your loving embrace. I accept your love for me. Jesus, I turn it all over to you. I want to walk with you. I want to live for you. I want to be your disciple. Jesus, I love you. And I make you number one. Jesus, I love you. I trust in you. Come, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That was Mark Nemo with We Need God. For more from the Immaculata Mission School, visit cradio.org.au.